It's where you go to bike, hike, and stroll miles of pathways over more than 7,000 acres of parkland. A place to go explore rivers and fish their bountiful waters. Natural places to go marvel at magnificent wildlife while you play outdoors and go wander charming communities. Find all this and more at Destination Downriver. Give it a go. Hi, I'm Sue Trussell, Brownstown DDA Director, Co-Chair of Destination Downriver, and your co-host today for our podcast. And this podcast is presented by Market Insights uh, with vodcast produced with the help of the City of Taylor Media Center. We're sponsored by the generous support of our friends at Allegra Marketing Print and Design for strategic marketing and print communications with measurable results. Let Allegra assist you with your print, mail, design, and signs located at 3557 Fort Street in Wyandotte or call 734-288-8994. Tell them Destination Downriver brought you there. Our August podcast and podcast is dedicated to dining downriver. This region has a diverse and eclectic food scene with hundreds of restaurants offering fare ranging from exotic to scrumptious and from award-winning culinary masterpieces to delicious American classics. Indulge in gourmet meals, decadent desserts, or handcrafted ice cream in each of Downriver's 18 communities. We're going to journey through some of the area's most notable and unique dining destinations with the help of one of our of Downriver's best-known restaurant tours as our guest host today. Please welcome John Fiorelli, owner of Fiorelli's Restaurant Collection. Thank you, Sue. Glad to be here with you today so we can talk about some of the many terrific dining options that reside here in Downriver area. We'll start off today's discussion with a group of guys made themselves notable by helping promote local eateries. The, the coronavirus with its restrictions, shutdowns aimed at curbing its spread took a real toll on the restaurant industry. The Michigan Restaurant Association, MRLA, estimates that over 3,000 restaurants were permanently closed during the pan since the pandemic began. Dash and Diners Downriver is a group that took action. Supporting establishments downriver, they started Dash and Dine Downriver and its Facebook, which, is, which now has over a thousand followers. Just some guys making the best out of troubled times is how you all have labeled yourselves. They visited different mom and pop restaurants and then they posted their experience on social media to help these restaurants build their businesses. Over the past couple of years, Dash and Diners visited more than 30 eateries around our area. Pretty extraordinary on its own and it gets better. So with that, I'd like to welcome the group of Dash and Diners. If you guys could introduce yourselves and, and uh, so everybody kind of knows who you are. Al Luckwell, Woodhaven, Michigan. Ron Anderson, formerly of Flat Rock, now of Ann Arbor, Michigan. Jeff Smith of Wyandotte, Michigan. And Jason Polarski back there in the back from Newport, Michigan. So great concept. How did this all come about and whose idea was it to take this dining fun public? Well, we've been a group of guys that just go Black Friday shopping every year for about 10, 12 years. And the last stop of our trip every year was to go eat breakfast at Six Stars. And coming into it, we knew we couldn't eat inside because of 2020, everything was shut down and we needed somewhere to go. And I, I don't remember who made the comment, Chris thinks I did, that we should just take our own tables and chairs. 
and sit outside in the parking lot. Everybody thought that was kind of a funny, goofy idea to do. We tried it, and uh, the people from inside, the waitresses, came out, and they uh, took pictures of us, put it up on their Facebook page, and it just blew up. So we, we kept it going just as a way for us to get together, really, through the shutdown. And after two, three, maybe four of these, we realized that we're really getting a lot of attention for these restaurants, and we're getting a lot of comments and feedback on and other people that have gone after we went. So Chris coined the, the name Dash and Diners, and we got ourselves some, uh, was it t-shirts or hats first? I can't remember which one it was. It was the hats. It was the hats, the winter hats we got first. And uh, the restaurants started getting on there on our page and actually requesting that we come. So we've had some reach out to us, and we've decided to stick with just family-owned businesses. So you know, those are the people that really weathered the tough times in COVID with no support. And um, so from there, it, it just kind of is blowing up. A lot of a lot of what we do is it's the dynamic that we have. We all work we, as one mind. As little as that mind might be, we work <laughs> as one mind. What happens is one will start a joke and then the other will continue and then continue and continue. And that's kind of the way this took off. We started out with the fact that we were going to just go out and try to help out one or two businesses and then it got to a point where it became a lot of fun and you know and and it was us getting together sticking together it was us being able to get together during covid and we were helping all the local businesses so it just kind of snowballed going down the hill and we just piled on like we do with every joke that we run <laughs> so that's kind of how it got started so what what sort of impact did uh does dash and diners have on the businesses that you visited so far are, I, obviously, they're happy that you're there. Um, have the owners been uh, wanting you to come back? Has, have they seen uh, increased business from it? I know you've generated a lot of attention. A lot of people are talking about you guys. Um, a couple that stand out for that is um, we went to um, the the restaurant. Oh, what was the name of it? Sharky? No, uh, Sneakies. Sneakies, and they had said that they were. They were having all kinds of troubles even staying open and we went and we had a great time we for us it's almost as much about the experience as it is the food or the the dining you know it's it's as much the experience as anything and then we went to Smokies on the water and the bridge was closed all that time and those guys were so accommodating we had so much fun and it they said you know afterwards that it did bring business to them and then same thing with uh, Andy's on Vreeland, they had that whole mess right there was closed down forever and they were really struggling. So we, you know, when we went in there, they were super, super excited to have us. So that's, that's really how we get picked what we do. We always do a vote and while we're sitting at the event, we actually vote for where we're going next. Um, sometimes off of suggestions from uh, uh, restaurant owners and then sometimes actually from our our followers we have uh, uh, over uh, 1600 followers now and we let them kind of chime in too mm -hmm. awesome i mean i if you remember back during that time where restaurants couldn't let people in just doing takeout what a novel idea for you guys to do that not only it shows other people that you know we're still functioning and and from a restaurant tours perspective it, it just generates energy at a time where there was no energy. So my hat's off to you guys for doing that. I think it's awesome. Did you guys have any big surprises as far as places that exceeded your expectations when you got there? 
quite a few. I, and it just ranges, you know, the, the owners that really get it and they really want to exploit the possibility of all the free publicity. Man, we've had people, they, they serve us like we're in the restaurant. They'll bring everything out, plates, silverware, glasses. They'll serve, you know, they'll dedicate a server to us. What was, Mally's brought out a garbage can. That was one that we hadn't thought of. They just out of the blue brought a garbage can out for us. It's like those little things like that are just amazing when, when it's the difference between a carryout box or a full-on meal out there. Yeah. And we, we definitely stay longer at those ones because we have a lot of dialogue with the server. We have a lot of fun. Uh, I mean, the, some of the servers we have were just fantastic. They've, they made the whole event. And, you know, it, the surprises to us were that, and then also that we had so many good restaurants within a few miles of our houses that I just didn't even know existed. I've, I've driven past Brooligans probably a million times down up and down Fort Street and never knew it was there until we went and they're fantastic and then one of the things too that really stands out as far as you know the restaurants themselves is you know these people that they these owners they've struggled they've you know they've went through all the hard times and the the ability that they have to laugh and enjoy themselves and you know bring us out there and basically really you know live the experience with us um, we don't go in there to try to, we don't try to get anything for free. Um, as a matter of fact, the one thing that we kind of make our standing rule is we try to, if we have the ability at the restaurant, we try to tip whatever we ate. So whatever our bill is, we tip. Now we've had comments on that where, you know, people say that made our night because, you know, you guys, the tips that you got, gave our waitresses are doing, you know, they're going to go home happy tonight. They're smiling. And so... And, you know, just the, the sense of what a great community we belong to, you know. So that, that's what makes it exciting. So it's a home run, everything you guys are doing. And Downriver has a great restaurant group of everybody. You know, there's, there's something for everybody from Italian to Greek, Chinese, Coney Islands, you name it. And I think you guys have sh are shedding a lot of light onto that or you did during a time that was bad what uh what's the future holding for you guys are you continuing to do it how often do you guys uh is there a like a, a standard once a week once a month what, what's your plan for the future we try to do every two weeks you know depending on our schedules sometimes it ends up once a month like right now we're on a we're going to be four weeks out with the mm -hmm. next one but yeah we try to do it every two weeks and we still take the table and chairs and we we have an easy up canopy so we're not out in the rain anymore and mm -hmm. a banner that hang it and we try to get as close to the road as possible to create more visibility Attention. for drivers going by and we get a ton of honks and waves <laughs> and things like that i think where the real difference came to is we you know people talk about you know the dining experience and how horrible it's been we eat outside i mean and i have shoveled snow <laughs> at restaurants so that we could put our table and our chairs down mm -hmm. and we actually look forward to the cold weather because you know a bunch of knuckleheads in a parking lot you know ch chubby guys in a parking lot eating no big deal if it's you know 70 right. and sunny and but when it's pouring down rain or snowing and you're out there eating in the parking lot, people take notice. You know, we've had restaurant owners say, well, you know what, why don't you come inside? We won't do that. We will not take it inside because part of what we were founded on is that we wanted to go do the experience without the inside. We wanted to see, you know, if you can have a good time in a parking lot, 
you can have a good time pretty much anywhere. <laughs> so that that's kind of where we're heading. And we're going to continue doing what we're doing, you know, in, in any way we can to help the community. We have learned what foods will stay warm in cold temperatures. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess my question is, are they bringing hot boxes out for you guys since you can keep Sometimes yourself Sometimes it no. varies. <laughs> yeah. And you, you do. You learn. It's the funny thing is you learn foods that you just do not eat out when it's, it, it's th yeah. negative three degrees out. Yeah. You don't get spaghetti because it's not going to be pretty. Right. It's Fried gonna, eggs know, and right. hash browns don't You're chiseling away at spaghetti to try to eat the spaghetti. So you, you just try to order what, what well, works. It brings a lot of attention for people that are driving by when they see people outside like that and they're wondering what's going on and then with the power of Facebook and social media you guys are creating a movement and I think it's awesome and um, uh, before we let the Dine and Dashers out let's quickly th scroll through the list of family-owned restaurants that you visited I mean is you probably there's probably so many you probably can't even list them I doubt I could <laughs> without reading them all yeah I'd hate to miss anybody oh okay so all right great um, Thanks so much for you guys. Keep up the great work. And uh, so fundraising, you guys, uh, when you're going to different restaurants, are you raising funds for charities? I heard that you're doing uh, some different things like that. Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, one of the, the one that, uh, some of the ones we had the most fun with is we did a toy drive and a, a food drive um, for Christmas. And what we did with that is we actually dressed up in dinosaur costumes. <laughs> And we played out. We played uh, uh, what? It, what? It, cornhole. Cornhole out in the parking lot in dinosaur costumes. Mm -hmm. And uh, the one time we had uh, Ron and, and me and Al dressed as Santa Claus, and they were out there playing uh, cornhole. And you know, and uh, there's nothing funnier than seeing a chubby guy try to get into a dinosaur suit. Not only that. We actually had people pull off the road and bring their kids to get pictures with us Santas <laughs> while we were out there, which was so wrong. But <laughs> the better part of that was we, we actually had a, a lady that drove by, came up, asked us what we were all about, and then drove to a grocery store, loaded up with canned goods, and then brought them back. Mm -hmm. and, and it was so moving that you, know, you, you just didn't even know how to handle it. And then we had somebody from outside of our area actually mail us a check for the food bank we did it for um, uh, helping hands which is a part of community Lutheran mm -hmm. and then we we did a another food drive at Malley's and the same thing we added to that and then the other one was we actually did uh, a, a fall fest at community Lutheran Church where we we did the cooking yeah. and that was ugly to bottom. say the least yeah. <laughs> i mean you know the, the very thought of letting these knuckleheads behind a grill and and then watching not, and not police us yes and watching <laughs> what happens it i mean but it, it took i mean we had all kinds of people that even went on and watched that i mean we've we've tried everything from uh doing live shots live video shots i'm glad they didn't get me getting into the dinosaur suit because that was <laughs> not well, we did oh. And then, oh yeah, that was a turkey. We had a, I dressed as a turkey oh, the day after funny. Thanksgiving. And, and, and well, Chris does the post, so the things about him, he just doesn't put out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's, it's a great idea to be able to laugh at yourself and a better idea to be able to create a movement with your laughter. Yeah. We, uh, you know, we've went all over downriver. We try to keep it to downriver. And, you know, if anybody has any fundraising ideas, we did also did that, uh, taste thing at the VFW. Yeah. You want to talk about that a little bit? Or? Well, that, 
that that's a separate group oh, okay. that, that sponsors that. But uh, so you know, our thing is anything that we could do to help our community, and you know, if we can laugh and have some fun with it, yeah. I pity the people that come up. You know, that's. <laughs> oh, we welcome people to come up. We yeah. we don't get a lot of people that stop and actually talk with us. They get we get ways yeah. from yeah. across the parking lot and that. But you know, non charity, what we have coming up is we've been bouncing around the idea of doing a grub crawl because we've I know Downriver area has been pretty successful having grub crawls, mm -hmm. and then um, what was the the other thing that we were looking at doing? Uh, taste test. We were looking at a taste test. Um, our big thing is, even if we've been to the restaurant, we try not to go back to the same restaurant twice. There's obviously been a couple that we went back to. Um, and that mainly, if it's for a fundraiser, we're going to take the fundraiser to one that we got a lot of response with. So I, I do all the articles, and I, we follow the the hits on the articles and that's kind of how we're going to choose where we go with the fundraiser and then we asked them ahead of time when we first started going we just popped in and I'll tell you that was alarming to everyone yeah you know when you just kind of you know these guys go out and par set a parking lot a chair and chairs and table in a parking lot and you don't know what's going on it's kind of scary right. but then now we call ahead Al does all the call aheads um, if we do a fundraiser we call ahead to make sure that they're okay with us using their park as a loop around, which they've been pretty good with. So we just, we plan on keep, you know, we're gonna keep doing it until somebody either throws us in jail or puts us in the post office wall or something. Well, I'm sure they won't do that. I think it's a great, it's a great movement and keep, keep up the great work. Cause I think it, it helps a lot, especially in the restaurant industry where the whole industry needs the help. It continues to need the help. It's struggling. So uh, thank you guys for everything that you do keep up the great work yeah. thanks for having us thank yeah you. thank you for having us and most of all we'd like to thank our community yeah. down river is a great place to be it is to round out our gastronomical journey through down river we have a special report from the field where our regular host ron hindrich is visited with a couple of down river's most well-known dining destinations let's see what ron is serving up today Thanks, Sue. I'm here with my friend, Nick Punti. Nick, how are you? Good. Good to see you. you too, right? At uh, Sibley Gardens in Trenton. And if you're not familiar with Sibley Gardens, you definitely should be, especially if you live downriver. This is definitely one of the, well, probably the biggest hotspots downriver, most premier delicious eateries throughout the entire region. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's a blast to come here and to be here and to taste the food and to sit down with Nick, who's a phenomenal downriver entrepreneur. So Nick, it's great to be here with you today. Thanks for uh, joining hey, us. Thanks for recognizing us. Um, should have told me there's a dress code, you know, I would have had my golf shirt on, I would have pulled the suit out. Well, I think Sue, Sue and John know that this is typically how I dress. So yeah, I don't know, something about making your guest uncomfortable that just adds even more, I guess, like a special, uh, you know, aspect to the podcast. So I don't know. <laughs> you look like a million bucks, that's all I know. <laughs> but it's gonna be here with you, with you, Nick. Thanks for having us. So food is so much more than just a meal. Food brings us all together. From bridesmaids parties and birthdays to business meetings and anniversaries, Dining out just seems to find its way into every good part of our lives. I know, Nick, you would you would uh, agree with that. All these great memories deserve good food, don't they? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we've <laughs> been lucky, blessed with our, you know, clientele that come in for years and years and years. And, the, you know, the biggest compliment 
probably we received is I've never had a bad meal in 40 years. And uh, that's pretty pretty good bad That's English. a pretty darn good compliment. Yeah. And so that's where Sibley Gardens comes in, is the phenomenal atmosphere and the food that you provide to your patrons here, not just the Down River region, but throughout all of Metro Detroit. Yeah, we've got a lot of recognition in the last few years, which is great because my, you know, my dad and grandmother uh, took this restaurant over again in 1961. So for 61 years, we've been, uh, you know, we've been here forever, and it's easy to take a restaurant or business for granted after all these years. But um, mm -hmm. you know, we've gotten some this great. Uh, recognition like throughout the state not just yeah. for the down river area absolutely and you mentioned 1961 so uh, my understanding is that the restaurant has been here since 1935 but yeah. it's been in different locations right yeah originally it was across the street in 35 my grandfather took it over in 1944 mm -hmm. um then uh the steel mill mccall steel was mm -hmm. kind of creeping in he could see that he was going to be running out of land yeah. and was leasing that building so he built this building in 1949 um, across the street, we got the railroad tracks behind us. Not the, mm -hmm. you know, not the prettiest location, but uh, I think people are really surprised when they when they drive down here and come inside. And it's like, wow. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, and you see, you mentioned locations, maybe not the most attractive location, but the building itself is gorgeous. When you come in here, and yeah. uh, can you talk a little bit about what the inspiration was? Be behind the design of this building. Well, pretty much. And... Yeah. Well, pretty much. Uh, my dad's. Uh, wife Pam mm -hmm. um, she's kind of been in charge of pretty much the look total look of the restaurant from room to room and mm -hmm. um, yeah my dad has some input we have a little bit but pretty much that's her you know that's you know what she excels in and that's that's her input in the restaurant and uh, some people will think oh it looks like the 60s it's like well it's not the 60s you know we've right. did it so many um, redecorations throughout the years but mm -hmm. yeah the the oak panels in the uh, bar area mm -hmm. and we have a room called the oak room but um, yeah that's always been updated with uh, the booths being um, the yeah. same look of the booths but you know you've got to upgrade the booths we've got uh, new tables and chairs new canopy over the bar new wall coverings mm -hmm. and so people say that's that's not changed well yeah it's changed with the new wall coverings in the front, new flooring, new carpeting. So mm -hmm. yeah, we always, uh, uh, we haven't made a drastic change in the restaurant. Sometimes you go to a restaurant, um, there's a restaurant in Birmingham I went to, went from dark to yeah. really light. Okay, and yeah. I think you would have to make a really dramatic change for people to think right. that you've remodeled. Right. But we kind of like, you know, our, like our customers have been coming here forever mm -hmm. and they really don't want a huge change right. so we want to keep the same vibe the same vibe yeah yeah the same yeah. quality look and it's well but warm. when you, you you i know you said that the restaurant has been refurbished over the years and obviously well maintained but when you walk in the sibley gardens it's like to me i feel like i'm walking back in time into even like the 1920s era and i i that's one of my favorite parts of the sibley gardens experience is it truly brings you back to an era where I, it just it seems to me very special and one of the great things that I think about this venue. Yeah, we try to make it uh, comfortable, um, classic, but also uh, inviting. And it's a, it's actually one of the quieter restaurants, mm -hmm. um, especially the bar area with the bar in the middle of the room. You think it'd be noisy, but, but because the ceilings aren't super high and there's yeah, we don't have a lot, a lot of hard surfaces in the bar area. The dining room can get a little louder if you've got uh, large parties in there, but yeah, you know we can we. Can, 
you know, you can't control how loud people talk, but, um, well, we can if it's out of hand, but um, it's, it's one person that came in here the first time, came in with a friend of mine from out of town from South Carolina. He said, boy, it's so quiet. You can hear mm -hmm. yourself talk. You don't have to yell across the table. Right, right. And uh, it's just good. A lot of our customers, as they get older, they're hearing even me sometimes. I'm like, what? Right. So, Nick, we'll talk a little bit about, you know, some of the signature items and, yeah. you know, what's on the menu and things like that in a moment. But I think most people down river are familiar with Sibley Gardens. And the, you know, if they haven't been here, they've been by the building, they've heard of the great reputation and the wonderful food. So let's talk a little bit about the history of Sibley Gardens because there is a long history. Uh, and we did mention a couple of the, you know, obviously a little bit of the background of the, the locations, but I wanna focus on your family for a moment. And Sam Punti is your father. Is yep. Sam is Sam the one that opened the restaurant originally, or was there somebody before Sam? Well, my grandfather Sam. There was two Sams. Oh, okay. So, yeah, he was the first Sam um, that, that built this restaurant in '44. Mm -hmm. But my dad and my uh, grandmother Mary, they took over this restaurant in '61. They still own the building, but uh, um, decided to uh, give it a go in 1961. And um, at the time, you know, business it wasn't hopping business at all. But they really got it going, especially with the lunch business. Now it's totally switched. Most of our businesses mm -hmm. is after four o'clock. Mm -hmm. You know, we're still open for lunch for the people that come in, but it's more just getting ready for nighttime. But um, uh, the menu, good portion of the menu is still my grandmother's recipes. Oh wow! Yeah. And uh, I love the French onion soup. It's phenomenal. Oh yeah. yeah. There's so much, so many other things here yeah, as well. It, it looks really good coming to lunch. If you like cheese, yeah. there you go. So you're, I, I believe, you know, is Jack, uh, Jake Faulkner yeah. is leading a fourth generation of the Punti family members who work here at Sibley Gardens. Is Jake your son? No, he's my nephew. He's your nephew. Okay. He, he's six foot four. I couldn't make, I know. I couldn't make one of those. <laughs> I see him working at the bar every time I come yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, plus the bar's elevated a little bit, so I, I, okay. even, look, I even look normal height back there. But, <laughs> I guess I um, would look normal height yeah, back there. Yeah, well, you'd be close. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, Jake's, uh, he's got a lot of passion for the business, and uh, he's, uh, I'm not, you know, he's not kicking me out yet. I got mm -hmm. another, my dad's 90, and still comes to work every morning, so. It's amazing. So I got a, I got a few years left in me, but yeah, Jake's okay. got the passion, and um, yeah, hopefully uh, we'll keep us into another generation. So you've been, you've been in business for over 60 years. Yeah. What's the secret behind the success of Sibley Gardens? Well, I, I really think it's just, it's my staff, you know, and it's, mm -hmm. it's because uh, they've been here so long, you know, and my kitchen staff, I've, I've, they've been, the years that they've been here combined, it's just, just incredible, really, in this business where there's a lot of turnover. I think if they want to work in the restaurant business, and they want to stay in the restaurant business, if they want to work close to home, if they want the flexibility that, you know, we offer here, and, mm -hmm. I don't try to work anybody too much. Yeah, I don't have people, salary people working 60 hours a week, anything like that. Um, and you hear about that far too often in the restaurant industry. Yeah, and I think years yeah. ago that was the culture, and, and people have gotten you know smarter. I mean, mm -hmm. they don't want to work that. They don't want to. They want a quality of life too. And we try to right. give that. We're closed on Sundays except for yeah. Mother's Day and Easter Sunday. So um, that's rare too in the restaurant business mm -hmm. staff every Sunday off. Oh, it absolutely they is. They try to switch the weekends off so they have every other Saturday off if they're working in the kitchen. Yep. So the big um, question is now that you're talking about how wonderful it is to work here, are you hiring? Well, we're pretty <laughs> well-staffed. We uh, really, um, we're pretty solid through the, the COVID time. It, mm -hmm. was, it was very, very difficult. Um, I've got to hand it to uh, all my staff and 
service staff for being in the front line. You mm -hmm. know, it was, it was scary times. We didn't know there was no vaccination, you know, vaccines available. And yeah, we didn't know, you know, uh, how, you know, harm's way that we we're putting ourselves into. But sure, yeah. but when you ask like, uh, what's the secret? I think it's just the secret is the staff um, hiring right mm -hmm. and. Um, the ones that uh, have been here, they've got a lot of pride in what they want to do, and so what they're doing, and they want to make sure the new hires learn it right too, because it reflects on them. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think it's 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 the staff. It's just uh, this is what's expected of you, and mm -hmm. if you can do it, great. And if you can add something to what we're already doing, yep. fantastic. So it's not not just me. It's not Jake. Not just my dad or even my grandmother. Time. It's just you know you. I think the, the pride in where they work. Yeah. So now the moment that everybody has been waiting for, we're going to actually talk about some of the delicious items you have here that people can enjoy when they come to Sibley Gardens in Trenton. Um, so for folks not from downriver or for anyone who's not sampled or eaten a meal here at Sibley Gardens, tell us about some of the, some of the signature dishes that you're best known for. Probably our, the, what we're most known for is uh, for Andre's steak sammy, which is sliced mm -hmm. uh, tenderloin, beef tenderloin sauteed and uh, uh, the steak sammy. wine sauce, yeah. Yeah. It was named after my dad. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. My, and the Sammy Caesar probably too, I would imagine. Yeah. That's one of my favorites. And one of my <laughs> wife's favorite, goat cheese Napoleon. And, mm -hmm. I mean, that's nothing I've really ever, I'm pretty, pretty sure my sister Andrea came up with that, Andre. She was active in the business for years and a lot of the things in the menu are things that she created as well. But um, I've got a fantastic, um, like people say, Nick, what do you eat? And I go, well, since I'm here mm -hmm. so much, I like to eat the specials because there's always something different. We yeah. do some great things. Yeah. Um, last night I had a pasta with uh, ground veal and um, oh, wow. it was it was, it was was delicious, but it was so big. I said, okay, take it back, give me half, let the staff have the other half so they can enjoy it. Mm. But um, Again, a great place to work. Yeah, <laughs> you share really? your dinners yeah, with I your staff. Over, I can't eat as much. It doesn't show, but um, but yeah, just uh, we've got you know we've got Chef George Rabian's been here for years. Mm -hmm. um, Justin Chabot's been here for years. Mm -hmm. um, super creative. Nick Sarabian can just really put the food out on a busy night. What kind of seafood um, options do you guys have here? I we've know got a lot. Yeah, we've got, like yeah, we got yeah. salmon on the menu, perch mm -hmm. on the menu, we have scallops, mm -hmm. we have uh, cold water lobster, lobster tails, but we have several, usually a couple um, specials um, every night, seafood. Mm -hmm. We do halibut a lot, swordfish. We have cod on the menu. Oh, uh, we wow. have fried shrimp. We have coconut shrimp. Yeah, swordfish. So I mean, where else can you can you get that anywhere else in this area? That well, you're yeah, I'm sure you can. You know, yeah, yeah I'm sure halibut when it's when mm. it's good and halibut's fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, uh, we haven't done oysters on the half shell much lately. During COVID, we just kind of stopped it because we're you know it was pretty. We'll have to bring those back this fall. Yeah. Um, what kind of? So I mentioned earlier your. Um, French onion soup is my favorite. I love it. What other kinds of soups do you have? Uh, we usually have um, two soups um, every day in addition to that. And they uh -huh. kind of change with the day. We have minestrone every day. Then we have another soup du jour. Uh, Mondays, it's usually a, a chicken soup. Mm -hmm. uh, Wednesdays, pasta bajali. Mm. Um, Tuesday, we don't have Tuesday, we don't have a set um, soup. Fridays we have either New England or Manhattan clam chowder. Okay, and that's well, I've never really, tried the really Manhattan good. clam. What's the difference between New England and Manhattan? New England is cream base, uh -huh. and uh, Manhattan's red. Ooh, I have to try sauce. that. Yeah, so those, yeah they're Friday. both great. Okay. I mean, I probably like the New England better, but yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. But, uh, yeah, George makes great uh, uh, New England clam chowder, but it, um, yeah, it tastes everything. Mm -hmm. Probably the only thing I don't really eat is liver and onions. Liver and onions, which yep. is funny. We took we took it off the we took it off the menu just because we weren't selling much of it. But the, yeah, as any, when you find out, mm -hmm. so we had it for a special one night, and a friend of mine um, um, asked and said, "How come you don't have liver on the menu?" And I said, "Well, I just figured everyone that ordered liver moved to Florida by now." Right. And I, insinuating well, that yeah. it was. Maybe a different generations from, but you know. Well, I heard yeah, the sign of the beef carver is no longer around yeah, either. So exactly. I was just being funny, but uh, she said I'm still here. Um, so yeah, there's yeah. some things that when we introduce new menu items, we can't keep everything in the menu. But, yeah, yeah, we'll bring some different things back yeah. for some specials. And excellent. So so Nick, um, one of the things that I like to ask, obviously, with my role as the president of the chamber, um, is the critical, I think, value that you provide to the community as a local entrepreneur. And you're a member of the chamber, the Southern mm -hmm. Wayne County Regional Chamber, and you're very active in a lot of organizations. So I think you'll appreciate this question. Um, so this restaurant is truly a downer of icon since your food, your staff, and the services you engage as a local business are all from this area, the Downriver region. Oh, yeah, sure. So how important is that locally sourced mindset to your success here at Sibley Gardens? Yeah, I mean, we use um, like Williams and Windup. We get our seafood from them. Oh, okay. They've yeah. really, they've really made a lot of things available that they didn't do years ago. Yeah. Uh, Dave from Williams does does a fantastic job. Um, one of our guests owns uh, Noni's Farms, and mm. we get some fresh produce in the summer wow. from him. Um, uh, we get our meat from Fairway Packing. Mm -hmm. uh, they're fantastic, uh, but you know we. Uh, we don't grow our own produce or anything. We probably could put a little garden in back, but really, yeah. we've got enough to do. Right, right next to the railroad but, tracks. But uh, <laughs> you know, just more important. It's just like you know, just the, this area. I mean, there's great dining here. I mean, you don't yeah. have to. And I think, yeah. I think people come from the other side of town. And they're just like, wow, what a great place. And some people do drive right. quite a ways to get here. Yeah. Well, I, I and I have to ask you um, about across the street, McLeod Steel. You yeah. was there for decades and decades and decades and um you've you and sam have been very involved i think in in really helping to move that property forward um mcleod steel has now officially been taken down after many years and we're hoping that and we're well looking forward to a great developer that's going to be coming into the region eventually and bringing jobs and a strong tax base for trenton and the entire region but you as a local business owner this has impacted you tremendously over the years. What does it mean to you now to see McLeod Steel finally coming down? You can see the river from your property and the future and the optimism that this community has now for that site moving forward. What does that mean to you as a as a uh, local business owner here? Well, you know, the first thing I noticed, I'd come in the morning and the sun coming up and everything was brighter. I know. The yeah, the gone. sun's shining on Sibley Gardens. And, you know, <laughs> it's just, uh, obviously it's, it's a blank slate right now. Mm -hmm. What could be there, unfortunately, you know the years of you know an, an industrial site um homes aren't right you're limited option. yeah but mm -hmm. who knows i mean if it was mm -hmm. if it was designated as a brownfield site and could be cleaned up enough it's just the cost of cleaning up to make it that right but i hope it's something that's um uh viable for the community something that the community would be uh you know welcome yeah and obviously yeah. tax base but it's a mile of waterfront Sure, I mean, it's a prime property. Another, and, yeah. you know, you think a city that would have all of a sudden a mile of waterfront, mm -hmm. it's pretty, you know? Right. And yeah. in between the two bridges, 
And absolutely, it'd be nice if we could do part of that area where people could enjoy the waterfront. Sure. Yeah, and you know, it, I, I know it's going to have a phenomenal impact on Sibley Gardens and the entire Trent community. And I, you know, I, I, I know we're all very excited about the future of that site, and it's right across from Sibley Gardens. So um, I think there's some uh, great things happening for the community and for Sibley Gardens yeah, in the future. So. Yeah. Okay, Nick. So uh, we've been talking a little bit about your family. Is there a fifth generation of Poontis waiting in the wings to usher this iconic eatery into another 80 plus years of serving you know, delicious I, food? I have three daughters and none of them have chosen. Well, actually, my youngest daughter, Olivia, um, she just graduated high school and mm -hmm. she. Um, Trenton she, High School? or No, she had actually Flat Rock. She, oh, okay, um, great. She, yeah, John will like that down yeah. in Flat Rock. So yeah, they, they, she was a ASD student. She's a spectrum okay. autism spectrum disorder. Yeah, and uh, Flat Rock schools were just fantastic. I mean, that's they, great. The, the kids down there, they treated her so great, and uh, um, she's just a wonderful young lady. She's tiny. She's four mm -hmm. foot eight, and she loves working in the kitchen. I mean, she does a lot of prep work back there, and. She just, I go back in the kitchen, she's always got a smile on her face. Yeah. She's always learning something different. Chef George and um, it's great with her. Nancy uh, Perry has worked with us years ago and just came yeah. back recently. All the guys back there, they're really good with her and um, she likes to work. Yeah. Try to get her out front a little bit, but she just likes being in the kitchen. And I just yeah. think of my grandmother, yeah. who was also like five foot tall and small, <laughs> she would love to see. Uh, Olivia back there. Mm. Um, that was one of her favorite names too, Olivia. Yeah. But she would love to it's see her back name. there. So, you know, how far she's going to go with the business, mm -hmm. I don't know. My other daughters um, have different careers right now. Okay. Um, Jake's got a young son, but uh, we'll see. It's kind of hard to. Hard, well, hard, hard to, hard to we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. So thanks for hosting us, Nick. Yeah, thank you. Hey, thanks so much for being with All us right. on the podcast. And Sue and John, I know you're probably extremely hungry right now which i just did to you with hungarian rhapsody so i apologize for that but i'm going to turn it back over to you thanks ron for that field reporting on what's arguably one of Downriver's most famous eateries let's go back to ron for a second in the field report from another remarkable culinary experience this time in southgate at hungarian rhapsody Hey, Sue and John, that's right. This is Ron Henricks, and I'm here live at, well, it's live for me, but maybe not for you, at Hungarian Rhapsody on Northline in the beautiful city of Southgate. And I'm with my friend, Steve Zetnery, uh, with uh, with Hungarian Rhapsody. Steve is one of the, well, the owner, and along with his wife. Um, and we have a special, special treat for you. By the way, Steve's a longtime member of the Southern Wayne County Regional Chamber. I have to mention that because Steve has a long history of the chamber with our black tie event, our salute to government officials event. And just, you know, we're very grateful for your ongoing partnership, Steve. So thank you for everything you do for Down River. Thank you. It's a great honor for us. So if, if you could ever imagine a restaurant that could be described as serving true, authentic cuisine, it's Hungarian Rhapsody. For close to 30 years now, Hungarian Rhapsody has earned not just a downriver reputation, but a statewide one for serving authentic Hungarian delights crafted from family old world recipes. And I'm very excited to officially announce that Steve and his family here at Hungarian Rhapsody just recently received from Channel 4 WDIB as the best authentic ethnic cuisine in Metro Detroit. Do I have that right, Steve? Yes. Yes, sir. 
Congratulations. Thank you very much. Thank very you. well deserved. Thank you. So how how do you go about earning such a recognition like that from from Channel 4? Well, first of all, we've been here now for 29 years. Mm -hmm. And uh, we do keep our Hungarian heritage through our food. And uh, we're trying to do all the original recipes, no change, no shortcuts with yeah. Hungarian food. Of course, we do have some steaks and fishes uh, on the menu items, but we are building on our Hungarian cuisine. Um, ever since we opened up, we were uh, very happy to help all the community and uh, the newspaper and the chamber helped us tremendously. So we do appreciate it. And of course, hard work, but uh, we have a good staff also. Mm -hmm. And uh, they are with me for a long, long time. And a great daughter too. Jennifer's and amazing. Of course, she does a great job. So thank you very much. <laughs> and the wife, my wife used to take care of all the desserts. Um, now she has a house also. And uh, myself, all the Hungarian food and the organ chamber That's great. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought the staff because you 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 have a tremendous staff here at the Hungarian Rhapsody. And I've noticed that um, your staff stays with you for a long time. It's the same the same yeah, people I that am. you've probably been working with for many years. Thank you very much for mentioning it, but yes I do have some people with me actually for 33 years. 33 years. Even when I was in the wow. old Hungarian club on the Lincoln Park. And 32 years, 29 years, 20 years. So we do have a basic helpers yeah. out a long time. Yeah. And also they do know all the Hungarian food and mm -hmm. all our system over here. And yeah. you can depend on them very much. So. Well, it says a lot about a business, especially a restaurant, when you're able to maintain a good quality staff that's passionate about serving your customers and they have staff that have been with you for 33 years is phenomenal Thank you. okay Steve I got a big question for you so um, we're gonna dive right into this so this is one of uh, I'm guessing one of the few places probably in North America um, where you can actually be served real honest to goodness authentic Hungarian food is it safe to say that Hungarian Rhapsody is the is the only place specializing in this kind of ethnic cuisine? We, we do have, uh, and we used to have other Hungarian restaurants here, and uh, right now we are, I'm very, very proud of it, but we are the largest Hungarian restaurant uh, in all North America, as far as I know. That's amazing. And, uh, uh, we do have smaller restaurants, and the reason is that, of course, we are very, very proud of our Hungarian heritage. We are proud Hungarian Americans. Americans. So am I. I, I have a, yeah, my mother's uh, family is Hungarian, the Kovacs family. Thank you. <laughs> and, but we had to reach out for the American public also, you know, to serve our Hungarian food, to, to let them know that there is Hungarian food and what kind of food we have. Mm -hmm. And we were we're doing very well. Mm -hmm. Very good. And that's, it's amazing what you just said, Steve, that right here in the Downriver area, this is a destination Downriver podcast, and we have what you believe is probably the largest Hungarian, real traditional Hungarian um, restaurant in North America, the largest one. And that's, I think I, I need to repeat that because that was quite, quite a phenomenal Thank statement. You. Yeah. So I've heard that Hungarian cuisine is for people who really love food. So with that understanding, tell our listeners who may not know their way around this ethnic offering, 
What would be a few of your signature dishes as far as popularity among passionately loyal, your loyal customer base? Yeah. Um, first of all, the, well, our, our most popular dishes are the chicken paprikas, tafkevi, uh -huh. yep. veal paprikas, Hungarian goulash, which we serve it in a kettle to save from Hungary, and breaded pork chops and the pork dishes. Now, also, what you asked me, um, the Hungarian food, first of all, is a comfort food, mm -hmm. spice, not over spice, but spicy and very, very good, tasty food. Mm -hmm. It all takes a lot of time to cook it, uh, that's why I come in early morning to cook it. And those are the popular. Right now, of course, we do have our Hungarian stuffed pepper in season because we have the yellow pepper now in season for a month or two, and that's very, very popular also. Uh, it's a comfort food, it's a very, very good cooked food, tasty food, and we do give a big enough portion that people accept. I can attest to that. This is uh, one of my favorite places to eat, and uh, and I take advantage of uh, when I you know have the opportunity to meet with business people during lunch. This is my number one, definitely one of my number one spots to come Thank for you. a business lunch, because the food is outstanding, and you mentioned you do give a very generous uh, portion. Yeah, so. So what's, uh, what's the most common thing you hear from first-timers who visit Hungarian Rhapsody once they've had a meal, again, for the first time? Well, they were, they're satisfied. They mm -hmm. said it was excellent tasting food. And we, we will be back. And the service was good and the food was excellent. That's what makes me the hacker. Yep, I'm not surprised. Not surprised at all. And I think we're making Sue and John very hungry back in the studio, so I apologize to both Sue and John. I can send them some. <laughs> You're very generous. So because of Hungarian Rhapsody's notoriety and reputation, what's the farthest you've had patrons travel to enjoy a meal? Oh, I have people, for, even we send food to Florida. Oh, wow. From, from Europe also. Yeah. Um, many of the customers, they go to Budapest, which is now the most beautiful city, and they said, very beautiful. And uh, I ever said, absolutely uh, food is even better than over there. Oh my but gosh. Because wow. I keep they changing a little bit naturally for a modern thing, and I keeping yeah. the so much old fashioned mm -hmm. Hungarian food. Do you still visit Hungary? Yes, whenever I have a chance. Of course, the business dictates my life still, so that's oh, sure. to go. Yeah. And under the, uh, the virus, naturally, I didn't want to travel at all. Yeah. Before that, we did. And uh, the, Story: My wife's father died, and he was very uh, proud of his small village where he was from. Mm -hmm. And he left three hundred thousand dollars for his village so, mm -hmm. to Catholic Church, and we built a school and a Hungarian culture center in his memory over there. So. Okay. Um, <clears throat> one of the things that I think a lot of people know about in the Downriver area is the wagon that you have outside with all the beautiful flowers. So tell us more about that, because that, again, that's something that everybody knows about. Is that hey, the hun you know the Hungarian uh, traditional Hungarian wagon you have out in Hungarian Rhapsody's parking lot? Where did you get that, and what was the inspiration behind behind that? The, um, I mean, if you go to Hungary and you know you look at a real authentic Hungarian restaurant, yeah, and uh, they have a wagon. That's a ah. hay wagon, original hay wagon. Okay. Uh, and with two horses, one of course I don't have the horses, but yeah. and uh, also 
the reason I have the summertime, the flowers, I think it makes it beautiful and noticeable. It's gorgeous. And then the Christmas time, of course, we have the Christmas decoration on it. Mm -hmm. And we filled with flowers, but that's one of the Hungarian thing. And also the so-called uh, old fashion well, it's all the Hungarian uh, mm -hmm. motifs and uh, bells and things of materials. You know? yeah. but that's what we are very proud of. They know that it's Hungarian actually. That's it, it is beautiful and it's definitely something that catches your eye as you're going down Northline Road and it's well recognized throughout the entire Donover region. But the other thing is, um, Steve, you're a restaurant, but you also have a beautiful banquet facility um, in the back. And so you can you can offer business lunches and uh, you know family gatherings and even funeral lunches and things like that. Can you tell us more about that side of the business? Yes, we have, we have a banquet room. It sits up to 200 people. We do have weddings up to 150 people, mm -hmm. showers, baby showers, we do have funeral luncheons also, business meetings, um, we are we're doing very well. We have a divider so we can have two parties at the same time mm -hmm. and we are very, very busy with that so we are happy on that. Yeah, I've had the opportunity to attend family gatherings in the banquet room, uh, but also the chamber. We host you know different meetings from time to time with our leadership program and, and uh, so forth. And, Every time is so impressed with how well the services and the food, and you do a phenomenal job, Steve. You and, and Darlene and your, and your team. Thank you very much. So and the, we, I have to mention, I do apologize to you, Mr. Uh, we do have a, uh, as I said earlier, a very very good staff. Yes, have been with me for a long long time, and also the wait staff. Uh, we can depend on them. Yep, very good. So the last question I have for you, Steve. In addition to outstanding Hungarian meals catering and some actual works of art pastries which i think darlene is probably heavily involved in <laughs> and uh, darlene and, and her helper person uh, okay yep this is a business that's dedicated truly to community service and everybody could argue that that you are one of the most community-minded entrepreneurs i think in our region so tell us a little bit about the dedication to making a difference and giving back to your community and why that is such an intrigual part of your business philosophy? Uh, first of all, I am uh, I was very happy and uh, thrilled that and we opened up and had such a good business immediately. Uh, in that time, I had to mention immediately two ladies, one was Molly Abraham to do a big article and uh, Evelyn Currents over here with a heritage newspaper mm -hmm. and I find out that there that was their charity. So one was a habitat, one was a leukemia foundation. So we used to give on Mondays once a year a big uh, charity evening and we donated all the income, not just the profit but all the income for the two uh, charities. Mm -hmm. And I feel very, very uh, fortunate that uh, immediately the business got successful, of course not the world, but uh, we tried to do different things like uh, Thanksgiving to South Gate residents, some of the needy people, some Thanksgiving dinners, mm -hmm. uh, also with the, with the chamber naturally. Um, I had a great award over there from the Pope. Um, we had a non-Hungarian nun who uh, served 70 years for the Vatican and uh, she had to serve some food for Detroit needy people and uh, I didn't take his money, I did, used to do it, the whole thing free for her. So when she went front of the Pope after 70 years, she asked the Pope to reward us. And, and oh wow. Nice yeah. from our Pope that time. So 
uh, I think the, the community and city of Southgate and all that is very, very good and very appreciative and I, I really appreciate myself mm -hmm. the way we are over here. Well, we appreciate you, Steve, and thank you for hosting us today at Hungary and Rhapsody. It's truly been a pleasure. I'm extremely hungry right now, so I'm going to uh, enjoy some uh, Hungarian comfort food here at Hungarian Rhapsody. And where are you located again? Your address? 14315 North Line Road, Southgate. It's only between Dix and Iceland. It's a great place. Yeah. And yeah. I would like to thank the Chamber with all the past, with all the different caterings and parties who were involved with and the Chamber was always very good Thanks, Steve. Thank great being with you. Yes. Thank you very and uh, I'll be back to soon, John, back in the studio while we enjoy our wonderful Hungarian comfort food. And I hope you enjoyed this interview. Back to you uh, soon, John. We literally have just scratched the surface when it comes to talking about all the great dining experiences that can be found downriver. It's definitely going to require another episode to do this very large topic justice. We hope you've heard something that stimulated your appetite enough to visit one of the terrific eateries we've talked about on today's episode. I'd be remiss if I didn't also tag on to John's summary of today's episode that you should also look into visiting the Fiorelli Group of fine dining restaurants in Flat Rock, home to Salute Special Events Banquet, The Rock Restaurant, Wine Bar, and Wise Guys, which is one of my favorites. Great way to spend a, a weekend evening, some of my favorite food and awesome cocktails. John, tell us a little bit about Fiorelli's. Uh, like, like you said, we have three different venues. We have uh, Wise Guys, which is our casual dining, which has our pizza that we've been making for over 40 years getting pretty old um, <laughs> and uh, we have uh, Pumantese uh, beef burgers there uh, our rock restaurant is a finer dining uh, Italian boutique restaurant uh, which is by reservations open Thursday Friday and Saturday and then we have uh, salute special events which is our banquet facility that uh, my mom started and uh, gosh, can't even remember when, early 80s. So we, we're carrying on that tradition and, and that's our little world there. And Flat Rock's a great community to be in and with the river and everything else going on, it's just, it's, it, it's working out real well. So we're very happy. Beautiful location and they always make you feel like you're at home when you're there. So. Thank you. Thank you again to our sponsor, Allegra, where your marketing success can start happening today. And a special thanks to the production partners here at the new Taylor Media Center. And thanks for listening watching, and watching. And thanks again to our guests from Dash and Dine Down River and our friends from Sibley Gardens in Trenton, Southgate's Hungarian Rhapsody, and our restaurant expert co-host, John Fiorelli from the Fiorelli Group of Restaurants in Flat Rock. Please visit Destination Down River at destinationdownriver.com. And be sure to join us next month for next month's podcast, where we'll be talking about Down River's exclusive, one-of-a-kind free attractions that's a hallmark for the entire area's environmental transformation. Thank you.